Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Struggle Create Strength. Struggle Create Strength is a mental health platform exemplifying that everyone has a story. I always say that no two stories are the same, but every story has the potential to help someone else. On today's episode, I was fortunate enough to talk to somebody all the way from Swansea in the United Kingdom. Insane, insane. But this person, Frankie, is absolutely incredible. She is so strong, possesses so much courage, has an amazing story, and has ultimately overcome a lot of struggles in her life and takes mental health and the whole entire topic and all topics surrounding mental health very seriously. She's recently been accepted to school to go and further her education in the mental health field. So talking with her and seeing her passion towards the topic was amazing. And like I said, she has a story. Her story will 100% resonate with you as it did with me. And I know, I know that you will take something from this story. You will see how strong and how amazing Frankie truly is. So now with all of that being said, I truly do hope you enjoy this episode and I hope that you can reach out to Frankie at the end of it all because like I said, she is an amazing, amazing person to talk to. But now, I hope you enjoy Frankie's story. Hello, Hello. how's it going? How are you? <laughs> good, I'm doing really good. Obviously, it's a little different for me trying to put it all together in terms of what time it is and what time it is there, but no, it's it's good. And I'm, again, super thrilled to actually get this going and finally, finally put I the podcast together. I know, I can't believe it, honestly. But yeah, I've been looking forward to chatting to you. And, and also, I've got some really good news. So yeah. I've been accepted on my mental health nursing um, master's course. <laughs> wow, congratulations. Honestly, like, I'm so chuffed. Yeah, that is amazing. So what's the I next know. steps for you from that? Um, so university starts in September. So it's yep. just now, you know, getting the financial side together yep. and looking into it because obviously I've got my own house and, you know, it's, it's taking, well, it's, it's leaving my job, isn't it? So that's the ne next step, handing in my notice and uh, getting my finances together to go back to uni. But yeah, it's exciting, honestly. That's yeah, amazing. It's just timing, isn't it? Like after all the stuff we've done with the, the running, um and now that's just come about it's yeah that is so awesome i mean be the first one or i guess <laughs> one of the first ones to congratulate you that is that's so awesome and i mean again that was one of the biggest reasons why i was so attracted to what you're doing just within the mental health world and um 100%. obviously we can kind of get into the the running aspect of it but i was just mm -hmm. again i was just so drawn by you and obviously ryan and just yeah. that, that energy that you have. And um, even when I, when we did get to speak a little bit further and just the way that, the way that you talked about advocating mental health and even yeah. talked about how you were directly impacted by it, I think is just, it's, it's awesome yeah. just to see you going into this because I know you're going to help so many people and make such a big difference. And again, like I just, I can't thank you enough personally from my own heart for for doing this and for doing this for others yeah honestly i'm, I'm honored absolutely honored 
And I, I think like people cross paths for a reason, just like me and Ryan cross paths for a reason. Me and you have crossed paths for a reason. So hopefully mm. what I share today can kind of, you know, impact other people as well by, by talking about what I've gone through and talking about my experiences and why I've got into mental health. So, mm -hmm. so yeah. Hey, and I mean, I think that might even be a great way to transition into that. Like, why did you, what is your story basically? And why did you, um, or why are you transitioning into obviously working in the whole mental health field? What was, um, what was kind of that? So, so for me, um, when I left the army, I started working for the probation service. So basically in my job role, it's a lot of rehabilitation uh, stuff. So when people leave prison, I work, so I'm like the bridge between prison and the community. So the rehabilitation um, the in between before they go back into the real world. So, so I'm seeing a lot of, of you know, mental health, um, you know, seeing a lot of mental health disorders as people coming through. And I've dealt with a lot of incidents relating to mental health and poor mental health. I mean, one of them was the CPR I delivered um, on somebody the same age as my younger brother. So, you know, I've dealt with a lot of incidents, but for, for me, that one stood out to me because I thought everything was going really well between me and the service user. He was using the gym. I was taking him in the gym because I love my fitness. And then all of a sudden, I'm delivering CPR on him. Um, and it was for 50 minutes long. Like, it was quite, it was, it was horrible. And, and like, seeing that and seeing how mental health can deteriorate that just for me um just made me realize how much I really want to help others because also as well you I thought things were going well my perception was everything was going really well and then for him to just all of a sudden like you know something triggered him and for him to all of a sudden then um you know to open well, his heart stopped basically so so yeah so for me mental health you know is massive and it's massive at the moment and like I've said to you before like society now is is actually normalizing it um so to get into it now is the right time for me and and yeah from what I've seen what I've been through but but also um the bodybuilding side of it as well because I done bodybuilding and it was around the same time as the CPR incident <laughs> which was which was a bit crazy but I started to look at my behavior around bodybuilding and how that impacted my mind um so them two things together kind of kind of triggered me into thinking do you know what I need to be in mental health it doesn't matter how physically fit I am and, and bodybuilding is is you know proof of that you can look absolutely great but your mind can cannot be 100% okay mm -hmm. um but yeah so, so so them two things for me in 2019 like that, that was it. That that was the, the turning point for me where I thought, you know what, this is my life. I need to go into mental health. Mm -hmm. That's, yeah, it's incredible. And I mean, from my standpoint, and even something that we did get to touch on before was, especially in the bodybuilding aspect in the bodybuilding world, I think mm -hmm. from an outsider's perspective, everyone does look at bodybuilding and it's like, wow, they, they yeah. work so hard they've worked themselves physically so hard. Yeah. But a lot of times they forget about how hard they've pushed themselves and even put like for yourself, how hard do you push yourself mentally and yeah. what that takes out of a person. And um, like, what did that do for almost even your overall, 
I don't know how to word this properly. Like what I'm, what I'm trying to seek out is like, how did you, how did this impact you? Um, I guess mentally, but from the standpoint of even just moving forward through life after bodybuilding and after you were involved in it. So from a young age, I've always been somebody who's, who's loved fitness, but I used to eat where I wanted um, and train however I wanted. And I always loved running and weightlifting. But when I left the army, it was the perfect time to, because to, as a youngster, I always wanted to get on stage. It was like my dream. So when I left the army, it was, it was the perfect time to, um, to do it because I, I wasn't doing all the military training. So I could purely focus on weightlifting and diet. Um, but when I started doing that and my body got smaller and I started looking leaner, like the mental health side of it is the more small, like the smaller I got, the more I criticized myself because you are getting judged on a stage. So you have to criticize yourself. You, any, any kind of fat that you had on you, you didn't want on you. Um, but then once I got on stage um, and I come off the stage and I was eating normal again, that's when the psychological effects started to kick in. So like I'd look at myself gaining weight and think, oh my God, what's everyone going to think of me? I've portrayed myself as this lean um, person who's got on stage. Now I'm eating normal again and I've started gaining weight. I don't look like that anymore. How are people going to interpret me now? Um, but also I was looking at myself in the mirror thinking uh, that I was big, like because I'd gained weight rapidly and I was so used to looking at myself small. Um, so that had an impact on my mind. But then the other side of it was is that I tried to um sorry my phone went off I tried to <laughs> I'm on the phone because it's better than my laptop yeah for um, sure but I tried to get back to that look so I, I tried to to diet again to look like how I, I looked on the stage but it caused me to go into like this vicious circle so I tried to diet then I'd binge eat. then I tried to diet again then I'd binge because I didn't have a goal so I was in this little vicious circle, but then I realized how, why the body does that. So when you come off the stage, you're really hungry. And that's because as a female, we're not meant to, um, we're not meant to be below a certain body weight because we are meant to carry children. So when you look at extreme hunger, because that's what I was experiencing when I got off the stage. So like the extreme hunger side of it is because my body, you know, the hormones that's like your hunger hormones, they weren't telling my brain I was full. And my and I, I just kept feeling like I needed to eat and eat and eat because my body wanted to bring me back up to to that point where it felt safe. Just like when you go into fight, fight and flight mode, your body keeps mm -hmm. you safe, right? It's the same with with body weight. We need a certain amount of body weight on us to to stay alive and feel safe. But yeah, so when I was in this vicious circle, I tried to diet, so I'd restrict. And then I'd feel really hungry again because my body was like, what's, what's she doing to me? And I, it was really confused, but that, that went on for quite a while. Um, and then I started to learn about it and I, and I re realized, oh, this, is, this isn't good for my mental health. What am I doing? So, so last year I took a complete 12 months off dieting um, and just ate normal. And, and then I fell in love with running because that was really good for my mind. But, but yeah, I mean, it is difficult and when I speak to other people that have done it a lot of people go through the same kind of issues that I've gone through so you know like mental health is massive it's not just you know psychological disorders it's 
it's it's a lot. It's you know eating disorders. You know, like every day, any kind of trauma is it affects mental health. So so for me, yeah, just just getting into mental health and you know having having these experiences, learning about myself, um, and I'm able to help others now through my experiences. But not only my personal experiences, but what I've seen in other people because of where I've worked as well. So. Mm-hmm. Definitely. No, that, yeah, that's incredible. And how, like, do you think that there would be some, I guess, even like maybe some magical way to help all these people that are experiencing the same sort of thing within the bodybuilding world? Or is that almost even just something that's, it's kind of like the unsaid known of everyone where it's like, you are sacrificing this and this is exactly what's going to kind of happen. And it's what it takes. If I actually knew what I'd go through after, perhaps I would have thought twice about it. But I mean, because of what I've been through, it's made me who I am now, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, so I never regret what I've done. I know it wasn't good for me and my mind, but mm-hmm. I've learned a lot about myself by doing that. But I do think there's like a gap in the world, in the industry where you know, you've got your personal trainers out there, you've got your nutritionist or whatever. You don't have somebody who helps with the mental health side of it, which I think is is a big thing. I mean, if somebody um, took you through a plan, I think having a mental health coach as well as a fitness coach would really benefit somebody, especially in bodybuilding, because you do a lot to your, your physical body and your mind. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I think there's a massive gap in the market for that. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I could be the next. Um, <laughs> there you go. Hey. I mean, maybe this whole mental health, this podcast right now, maybe it's turned into a bit of a, a business meeting. You never know. But um, no, it's yeah, I think that is so important. And like you said, I, I mean, I think that's kind of maybe even how it's been in a lot of different sports as well, where mm-hmm. whereas there wasn't always mental health help. And there wasn't always people acknowledging how the sports or even just jobs in general, how they were impacting people's mental health. And I think now we have become a lot more aware of how, how we are getting affected mentally and what some things that we might be encount, what some struggles are that we might be encountering. And for the most part, we've started to incorporate some form of mental health help. And Mm -hmm. there's people that even like myself or yourself that are really just being willing and able to, to speak with others who are experiencing some form of struggle and just being even just that form of safe space. And um, yeah, yeah, I just, I think like there's always such an untapped market in um, and not from a financial standpoint, but just an actual help standpoint for, Mm -hmm. or basically in every single job every single every single thing just like bodybuilding like I think Mm -hmm. again it's maybe just right now it's not something that's talked about and maybe you're the one that kickstarts it and everyone starts talking about it and realizing that there needs to be some form of help involved in the sport there needs to be somebody that's going to help you help you after you come off the stage Mm -hmm. and because I know even just for myself right now, I just, I, 
I'm running, I'm trying to run myself through the whole process of it. And I'm just like, I can only imagine how taxing this is obviously Mm -hmm. from a physical standpoint, but more so from a mental standpoint, when you're telling yourself you can't eat sugar, you can't eat this, you can't eat that. And if you eat this, then you're not going to look this way. And honestly, from again, just from my eyes, it almost seems like so much negative self-talk as opposed to always being, not that we should always be positive, but looking at some of the positives and mm-hmm. actually just embracing who we are and embracing life and embracing the body that we have. And um, yeah. I just, I think, yeah, I just basically, I just commend you for, for speaking up on that topic. Cause I don't think it's one that is easy to talk about, but it takes, mm-hmm. I mean, it just, it proves so much strength in it. So. But, uh, but I'd also say as well that anyone has to think twice about it because you can have normal habits and doing something like that so taxing it can trigger a lot if that makes sense mm-hmm. so like for example I never had a sweet tooth before ever I, I I just didn't now like I've got the biggest sweet tooth <laughs> and I do think like right I honestly I, I think a lot like I've changed a lot from doing that um but again it's provided me a lot of growth I mean, a, a lot, like I've learned so much about myself, like my inner self, my outer self, like, um, but yeah, that, that experience was, was, was a, a good one. I can actually say it was a good one because I've learned a lot from it. And like mm. you say, like I struggled at the time, um, but now I know and I've learned a lot because I've learned a lot of lessons. So. Yeah, that's awesome. And now I, th- I think, I think it would be awesome just to hear about the story about how you got into running and even more so competing in your first hundred miler across Swansea. (laughs) Like I just, I mean, that's literally what, again, I think the universe works in crazy ways and I think it definitely draws people together. And um, I don't think this is any form of a fluke. I think I was meant to find, find you and the journey that you embarked on and film this podcast. And when I first stumbled across you and what you guys were embarking on, I, like I said, I jumped right on board and I was following it, (laughs) checking my phone constantly, seeing where you're at, looking for the updates, looking for all the new stories. I was just, I was so invested in it. And honestly, it motivated me so much. And even just, Mm -hmm to see people really stepping outside of their comfort zone and pushing yeah. themselves beyond basically all limits. I just like, yeah. I just, again, I commend people like yourself and yeah. run us through that, the whole experience leading up to that. <laughs> okay. So, so I come out of the bodybuilding kind of, um, you know training and I started to try and bring balance back into my life so doing a bit of weight training doing a bit of running um but then when obviously COVID came about and the gyms closed um I started to just run and my friend who moved in with me um she's she's left now but she moved in with me she said you should really try distance running It's, it's it's great and she was saying to me like how she's done a marathon and and over lockdown, I thought, right, okay, what's, what's my priorities in this situation, like the current situation? We're in a pandemic. Like, what 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 can I do? Like, what, what can I do to challenge myself? So 
I'd done, um, or oh, I set myself a goal to run a marathon in under four hours um, because I started running and I started really enjoying the distance running. So I, I run eight miles and I added two miles on every week until I got to 20 miles. And I was like, right, I'm going to go out now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my first marathon. So I went out and I'd done it and I'd done it in four hours and six minutes. And my goal was to do it under four. So I went out the next month and done it. Um, and I'd done it in three hours, 56. And I was like, oh, brilliant. Like I've, I've achieved it. That's great. It's not as bad as what I thought. Um, but I've been working with the army um, locally and one of the guys there, um, and that is doing COVID as well. But one of the guys there, he said, would you like to run an ultra with me? And I was like, uh, well, I don't know if I can run an ultra, but I'll give it a go. I've run a marathon. Um, so he said, right, okay, here's the route, uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, let's do it together. But again, because of COVID, I couldn't return to work to do it with him because I was working from home. So my kind of mindset was like, right, if I don't do it now, I'll probably never do that either. Um, so I just I set myself up a route uh, locally and I run 42 miles around the Gower, which is in Swansea. And I like I really surprised myself because I thought that wasn't that bad. Like. And and I I done that for mental health. So I done that for um to raise money for veterans with poor mental health because of my army background, and you know um it was for a good cause because they were raising money for a um a vehicle to help them to to take them to do like activities and stuff. So so yes, yeah, so I raised money for that. But but after that, somebody commented on my post from my forty two mile ultra and tagged Ryan um who just done a 40 mile ultra himself and um me and him started to speak and he invited me down to the sea dipping community he's got so he like organizes uh people to go down in the morning to see dip, and uh he asked me to go down so i went down and he kind of said in passing he said well not in passing but in a group of people um would you like to do the 100 mile ultra with me but there was lots of people there and I didn't really say anything. I kind of just, you know, like faded into the background of it. And when I went away, I thought about it. And then I thought, do you know what? Like us two crossing paths at this point in our lives, he's just done 40 miles. I've just done 40 odd miles. Like it was as if that was meant to be um, me doing it with him. So when I, when I went away and thought about it, I, I thought to myself, do you know what? I'm going to I'm going to do this with him. I'm going to tell him that I want to run it with him. So the next time I went down, um, I said, Ryan, I think I should run this with you. And straight away, he was like, absolutely brilliant. And he's like, doing a post on Instagram. And yeah, he's, he's, he's great, honestly. Um, but that's how that came about. And, and yeah, like that was for mental health as well. So mm -hmm. all these things that I am doing is for mental health because I'm so passionate about it. Um, but, but yeah, so I think like, We've raised like about seven thousand pounds now, so still like three thousand off our target. And mm -hmm. and after doing that event, I want to go back out and I want to do the full hundred miles because I've done sixty five, but I've done sixty five miles of pure running. Like literally, it I went until I couldn't go anymore. But because I've set myself that challenge now, I feel like I need to go back out and do it. Um, so I'm not sure how we're gonna raise this extra three thousand. Um, but I don't know, like maybe I should go back out until this hundred. But that's the kind of thoughts I'm having now. Like, <laughs> I love I, th I think I think well, first off, like 
amazing that's such a cool such a cool story and even for myself hearing it the second time over I am still just blown away by how it all worked out and again it really does it really does prove um it really does prove that you you kind of are I don't want to say given but you're presented um really neat opportunities and a really neat life in general when you put in work yourself and when you actually step into that form of life that you want to live in and so for yourself not completing the marathon in under four hours and then going out and doing it again I think that definitely just set it up like set yourself up for everything that followed and Mm -hmm. again like I I'm such a big advocate for everything happens for a reason but I'm Mm -hmm. such a firm believer in that and just from your mentality that you have and the way that you embrace basically almost I don't know if this is right but like embrace that struggle embrace that pain that you encounter and just really try to push yourself beyond limits like I don't know one person that would look at a target of 3,000 more pounds and be like yeah I should probably go run 100 miles for it like I don't know I just you know that was the first thing that was the first thing I said to Ryan like when I got home I actually got carried up the stairs that night because I was in pain and like that morning I sent Ryan a voice record and I said Ryan I really need to go back out and do this hundred bear in mind I was still in pain at that point I couldn't move and I was like I feel like I really need to I need to just do it again um and and he was like do you know what I'm gonna do mine today so he'd had the sleep and then he went out and done his (laughs) but he finished his the next day but for me like I want to do it all again within the 24 hours because mm-hmm. Ryan's mentality is as long as I as long as I do it I've done it whereas my mentality is right I've set the goal of 24 hours mm-hmm. <laughs> this is but you know a lot of people have told me that you shouldn't put times on things but I like doing that because I like having that kind of goal mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah um so I do want to do a 100 miles in 24 hours uh so I will do it at one point like I will. <laughs> there's, I love there's no it. doubt about it. Like, yeah. <laughs> that is but, so yeah. awesome. I yeah, I mean you're definitely correct. I think a lot of people kind of bash that aspect of it is like putting a time frame, putting a time yeah. limit on yourself and but I don't know. I I personally look at it and I'm like, damn, she's driven. Like that's that's how <laughs> I see it. And I'm just like, she has her mind set on something. And it's like, I'm going to complete that and until I complete that. We're just going to keep doing it. And I think uh-huh. like, I know even just from sitting here, I'm like 100%. If you, for some reason, didn't complete the hundred miles on the next go around, I guarantee you, you would be out there again after that. And again and again until it happened. But I think that's like, that's just, it's so cool. And it, it does, it shows almost even like how mentally strong you are. And I think for a lot of people, they can take so much from that and they can learn Mm -hmm. so much from that. And they can almost even just take that into their own life. And I don't want to, I don't want to downgrade people, but I think that Mm -hmm. some of those people that are bashing your, your timeline, your 24 hour, um, putting this whole time limit on yourself to complete certain tasks, I think 
I think some of those people need to incorporate that mentality that you have into their life. And again, like everyone is so much different for sure. But I just, mm-hmm. I think what you're doing is almost creating a sense of urgency um, that obviously empowers you and makes like gets you to where you want to go and has helped you get to where you want to go. And it's literally that factor of trying again until you get it, until you achieve that and holding yourself to that standard. Because I mean, so many people nowadays veer off of that initial goal that they set for themselves. Once things get hard, they veer it off. They basically take five steps back and like, Oh, this is really hard. Like, what if instead of doing it in 24 hours, I do it in 30 hours. So then it's like, you start to, but at the end of it, it's not the same feeling. It's not that same, that same emotional high that you get because Mm -hmm. you've technically cheated yourself in some form or another. Right. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. I think you're, I think you're crazy, but I love it. Like every (laughs) part of me loves it because like a lot, of, a lot of people think I'm crazy like if I say oh I'm just going out for a 20 mile run now people are like what like because that's not that's not normal to people but like mm-hmm. my normal is people's abnormal like <laughs> like it's normal for me to just go out and do a 20 mile run whereas mm-hmm. like your average person is like that's not normal but actually <laughs> what is what is normal like honestly uh, totally <laughs> totally that is like there's I don't know I think you're so right I think and if we were gonna call something normal I think everyone's normal is so much different 100% and not like for just like you said like I'm I will say I'm not on the regular 20 mile and 20 mile a day average run yet but Mm -hmm. I will say that it doesn't hurt me to go out and maybe do like 14 kilometers. So what is that? That's like nine, nine miles or something like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe 10 miles. Um, or yeah, I guess it'd be like nine miles, eight, eight and a half. But like, that doesn't necessarily bother me all that much. Mm-hmm. But, and that's like my normal. And then yeah. it's like, I look at you and it's like, okay, yeah, 20 miles. I'm almost like prepping myself for that 20 mm-hmm. miles. Whereas there's somebody else, I will guarantee you, that is running maybe 30 miles a day yeah, and that's their normal. And mm-hmm. maybe you look at it and it's like, okay, well I would have to kind of prep a little bit to run 30 miles. So I think there's yeah. like everyone's, like you said, everyone's normal is just, it is so different. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, I think as well, like everyone has got their own thing. Like, mm-hmm. so for example, you, you put me in a swimming pool and I can't swim, you know? <laughs> so like running is what I enjoy. And like, mm-hmm. You know, when I go back to my childhood, I was always this 40 young girl who loved all kinds of sports. So, so yeah, normal. I mean, it's just, I think, whatever somebody's interested in, they're going to want to excel at it. You know, like some people who, are, who do performing arts, they, they, they're hours in a theatre uh, or practising what they want to do all day. Do, do you know what I mean? So, yeah. so actually, like, wherever your interest is, go and bloody do it and go and be good at it. And like, that's one thing, like I wish I could give myself advice on is when I was young, I wish I had gone into sport and PT at a young age because that is what I enjoyed. 
Um, whereas when I went in the army, I done I done HR. And when I actually went in the army, I was getting pulled to do um, my personal training. But obviously, my bosses in the army were here, who were admin. They were like, "No, no, you need to learn your trade." Whereas the personal trainers in the army were like, "Come on, you're really good at sport. That we want you here." And it was like, mm-hmm. actually, if if the uh, army allowed me to do what I was good at at 19, I probably would have stayed in, and my life would have mm-hmm. looked very different. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, ad- advice to my younger self should have just done what I loved. But now, like, I don't just love physical um, physical fitness, but the mental fitness as well. I mean, having both. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> it's a cat. <laughs> just, yeah, she was she was eager to jump up on my lap. Apparently, <laughs> I was getting really serious then, and then the cat yeah. jumped on you. <laughs> of course, that's how it always goes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, there's no such thing as normal. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh my gosh. Of course. Um, no, I, I'm yeah, 100%. And I guess even like something that I'm obviously very curious about and I kind of, kind of proved that since day one, I think as mm-hmm. well, but just the whole factor of the army, because I think you, mm-hmm everyone hears stories right and everyone always i think like the classic i don't don't want to say phrasing but essentially almost even like the classic illness that's always tied in is the ptsd and that's something that is so serious and something that has obviously impacted so many soldiers lives and Mm -hmm. it's it can be very obviously it can be very sad and um but for, for yourself, like, how have you noticed that the whole, the whole process of the army and being involved with the army scene and, and everything yeah. for yourself, how have you noticed that that's been from, even from a mental health side? Because I can only imagine how taxing some of mm-hmm. it can get. And just mm-hmm. from all the stuff that you do on a regular basis, like I can only imagine how taxing it truly is. And just knowing mm-hmm. even what's at stake and what you're what you're truly fighting for yeah I think like because I joined the army when I was 19 so I was I was young um and and even for me like being away from home as a 19 year old even though I wanted to be away from home when I actually done it and I was away from home I kind of missed home but like you've got your younger soldiers in who perhaps are feeling the same I don't think if I'm truly honest like when I left the army, I did still didn't know a lot about mental health. Mental health was not really spoken about. Um, I know I knew of people that had that had PTSD. Um, they've talked about experiences, um, but I only learned about mental health when I started working for the probation service. The army now are starting to speak about it and do seminars on it, which I think is great. Um, I'd done training um, not so long ago, actually. It was trauma training. Um, so if I identify anyone with any signs of mental health, I could I could help them and signpost them, which I think is good. Um, in terms of, you know, the support in the army, I don't know what it's like now because I'm out um, for regulars. Um, but when I say regulars, I mean people that are in full-time because I'm still in the army, but I'm in part-time. But but yeah, when I was in uh, the first time, just by me not knowing about mental health, that I think that says a lot, really, that 
you know it wasn't much education around it but again like you could go back as early as childhood like I never really was taught much about emotional intelligence and mental health as a as a child growing up either um I think only now uh, especially after COVID we're starting to speak about mental health and have the education and you know but yeah from a, from a, from an organizational standpoint I don't think across any organization that there was enough help or previously mm-hmm. and that's yeah. the reality isn't it it, it, it yeah. is the current reality and I think organizations in general now are starting to get on board with mental health I think mm-hmm. like I said, said to you before like the world is changing and like I think it's for the be- better to be honest with you mm-hmm. um, because a lot goes on inside your head which affects everything do you know like if you're unhappy it affects your behavior um it affects your relationships it affects it does affect a lot but again like i'm not saying that we have to be happy all the time it's just having the education where you can acknowledge your emotions okay i feel sad today um you know this is normal i'm just gonna let it pass and maybe i'll go for a walk or maybe i'll do something to make me feel better do, do you know having that education and knowing how to kind of you know come out of that or come out of that negative emotion but but yeah, I think education like it's key, isn't it? In in everything we do. Um, but you know, why have we not got enough education around our minds? Why why is it now that only now like we're we're actually learning about it and pushing for that kind of stuff? You know, it's yeah. Yeah, it all it almost even feels like we wait until it's not until it's too late, but we wait mm-hmm. until it's at a point where we're almost scrambling to figure it all out. And I mean, it is so amazing to see the steps that a lot of people are making with, with their own mental health journeys and with bettering themselves. And I think that might even be a little bit of a a silver lining of COVID is that a lot Mm -hmm. of people have acknowledged that they struggle with mental health, like Mm -hmm. with different mental illnesses and it's not all sunshine and rainbows all the time and this is something that has impacted so many people's lives and it's also allowed them to really even just find their voice and Mm -hmm. have more people stepping up and sharing their stories and sharing the struggles that they're encountering and more people even maybe even just from an accessibility standpoint as well because so Mm -hmm. many different companies and organizations had to transfer to online. They have to Mm -hmm. run counseling sessions online, but that's also definitely helped for people who are struggling. And Mm -hmm. because I know that even something that's been, or something that is so difficult for a lot of people is actually finding the energy within themselves to go Mm -hmm. to an office. So when you can do it from your house and you can speak with somebody and you can speak to a real professional, just mm-hmm. from the luxury of sitting on a couch or sitting at your house, I think yeah. that is something that, I mean, can allow so many people to get more help. But it is unfortunate that we always seem to wait until, mm-hmm. until like last minute. And it's this big, yeah. massive scramble. And um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I obviously can't bash it because we are speaking up more. We are doing our mm-hmm. part. But at the same time, it is, it is really sad that it's even taken us this long. Mm -hmm. And I know I was even, I was, I love to always kind of like 
look back on my own life and my own story. And I was thinking about it. And just like four years ago, I remember how scared I was to speak up Mm -hmm. about any of my struggles, like terrified because I knew nobody that was speaking up about it. I knew people that would maybe go seek counseling, but it was because they had some, some very large mental health illnesses that Mm -hmm. were disrupting their whole life. And I knew that and everyone else knew it and everyone else was portraying them as weak or different, or there's something wrong with them. So for myself, knowing that I was going through similar, similar Mm -hmm. experiences was when I realized I was like, well, I can't speak up about it because this Mm -hmm. just isn't a thing that people talk about. And so now to think fast tracking five or sorry, four years later, where Mm -hmm. we're at now and seeing how normal it is Mm -hmm. for the most part, obviously we're still, still trying to normalize it still hence why we're doing these these podcasts this is is another thing that kind of baffles me like a couple of years ago when when britney spears shaved her head and like you know went on a bit of a rampage how she was portrayed in the media Mm. and as crazy and actually like she went through a lot of mental health struggles now if she'd done that today how the media would have portrayed it now would have been completely different but that's why we're all scared of, of talking about our stories or because of how society portrayed it before, you know, and, and, and that's the sad thing, I think. And, mm-hmm. you know, we are going the right way. But I think, you know, a, a lot a lot of what we do is down to society and what is normal. You know, society gives us our normal. Mm-hmm. But I've realised that I'm somebody who's a nonconformist. Like, I, I'll make my own mind up about things and uh, like, yeah. But society, like, you know, mm-hmm. that, 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 that's, that's all it boils down to, really. Yeah. That is such a key, key component. I think that so many people need to acknowledge and take, especially out of this podcast, is that mm-hmm. the importance of making your mind up for yourself mm-hmm. and not letting society take over, not letting society basically choose your path that you're going down and choose what you do next and the steps of action that you take. Because I know that if we let society take over and we let society base everything in our lives, I, I don't think it would, obviously you wouldn't be living for yourself, but mm-hmm. you also wouldn't be helping yourself and you wouldn't be helping mm-hmm. your mental health, especially. And I mean, there's so many times when you really think about it, you you think about you think about the struggles that you've encountered and you think if if you were to follow what everyone else around you was doing or what everyone else was kind of like hoping that you would do you probably wouldn't better yourself but by taking action and by doing what was right for you and what felt right for you is how Mm -hmm. action's taken and how you get better and then how you become the best version of yourself and then how you go and run 100 miles just for the hell of it, you know? <laughs> but Mind no. you, it wasn't, wasn't for the hell of it. It really hurts. But. No, absolutely. <laughs> I, I do want to ask you, um, obviously, just a couple quick questions or a couple of questions to finish it off. But um, one question that I have is talk about, because I think you hear this so often with runners and with people mm-hmm. that are running far distances like yourself, but talk about, that feeling um maybe even what goes through your mind 
when you are reaching that 65 mile point and your body's almost falling apart <laughs> and like what goes through your mind in that state so nobody's actually ever asked me that question um because when i go running in general i'll speak about in general first so when i go running I'm really like a lot of people use exercise as a as a coping mechanism because they're stressed or they want to de-stress. Whereas I can't do that because I hate being in my own head. If I'm, I don't, I feel really lazy if I'm, you know, having a shit day or whatever. But mm. when I go out running, I've got to be in a good headspace before. So when I'm out, I'm having good thoughts. So I'm feeling positive before I go. I'm out. I'm having good thoughts. So. What I tend to do is when I'm out running, I'm doing a lot of like reflecting on my life, a lot of gratitude, what am I grateful for? And then like, obviously I'm, I'm feeling good anyway. So my good thoughts are then elevated even more. And I'm just like, it's just amazing. I'm in this really good headspace. So I could literally on a good day, probably run for a very long time because I'm feeling so good. Um, on the day I'd done the 42 miles, like, I found that really easy. I was in a, you know, that sounds crazy, but I was in a really good headspace and I was enjoying it. I was, I was in Gower, which is in Swansea, which was absolutely beautiful. And I was looking at all different scenery, like on the way around, it was lush. Um, but then with the 100 miler, I started to hurt when I got into the first 20 miles. Whereas the 42 mile ultra, I wasn't hurting at all. Like, well I was in certain bits but it wasn't half as bad as when I got to the 20 mile point when I was doing 100 and I thought oh no I'm hurting this early on um but then what was going through my mind like I suppose like people were watching that we were that we were running this for the fundraiser like on a normal day if I, if I was just doing it off the cuff and running around Swansea if I was hurting at the 20 mile point I probably just would have stopped and been like right you're not having a good running day today you know go back out and do it another day whereas when you've got an organized event or something planned and you've got all these people watching you because you're doing it for you know a fundraiser it's a lot of pressure then on yourself so and, and I'm not somebody who, who likes giving up anyway. So if I set myself a challenge, I, I really like, I try my hardest to complete it. So when I got to the 20 mile point, I was like, right, you just, just, just run through it. Just, just do it. Just, just crack on. Um, and, and I suppose like, it's like a military menta mentality as well. We, we go through a lot of pain in, in the army, You kind of get pushed outside your comfort zone. Um, but, but I knew like, with my mindset I kind of tell myself that I'm very resilient because I, I know I am because of my past and what I've done um so I can reflect when I'm out running I'm reflecting on all the times I've actually overcome stuff so so that kept me going and then also like the people we had on the day so we I had um Chris who was next to me cycling at certain points um and then I had some of the girls um they were they were meeting me at certain points and giving me chocolate because I was just constantly eating galaxy bars of chocolate around my uh, on my run. Um, so social support that carried me through, knowing that they were they were going to be going to be at a certain point in a couple of miles time, cheering me on like that for me. Like I think that's so important in my life is to have social support, but in terms of the run. I had that. I had people 
you know, giving me that push. So at the 65 mile point though, um, I just felt my body breaking down. Like I'd run through pain from, from 20 miles right up until that 65 mile point. Um, and Gary, who met me at the 50 mile point, because um, Gary, he's an ultra runner. He wanted to run the last 50 miles with me. Um, he said to me, why don't you just get in the car, have a rest and then try again? And that was at 65 miles. And I was like, oh, uh, I don't know if I can get in the car. I want to start again because that's my kind of mind. It, like mm-hmm. if I stop, I want to start. But he kept saying, oh, just just have a little rest. Maybe like if you have a rest. And But I had a rest and then, yeah, I was right. I, I couldn't I couldn't start back up. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe I should have walked uh, at that 65 mile point. You know, I can look back and look at how I could have done things differently. But ultimately, like getting in that car, that's when that, you know, I stopped. There was game over for me. There was no, there was no going again, if that makes sense. But, um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't walk any of it though. So, you know, like it, it's, it's, it's crazy. But again, like Ryan's mentality is, right, I'll walk a bit, run a bit, walk a bit, run a bit. Whereas mine is keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, don't stop. And, and that's, that's what I tell myself. Just keep going. Even if you're shuffling, even if you just, slowly running just keep going and yeah so so yeah that's yeah, that's the kind of self-talk but again like because I was in so much pain I wouldn't say that I was having these really positive reflecting <laughs> like thoughts going through my head I was thinking oh my god you're in pain I think like at the 30 mile point my bloody something popped in my foot and I wasn't sure what it was but I just remember screaming but when I took my sock off that night I was I was thinking to myself what was that like because I, I like nothing was broken but yeah like I think like god when you do them kind of runs like the damage you probably put your body through is pretty bad really but mm-hmm. um but yeah again like it's still an amazing achievement isn't it like 65 miles is the furthest I've ever run um will I do the 100 yeah I think so <laughs> <laughs> That is so awesome. I absolutely, like, absolutely love that. Like, so, <laughs> so cool. And 100%, I know for a fact that if I was on 65 miles, there would be zero, zero, zero positive, positive talk coming from myself. I think it would be a lot of cursing, a lot of, a lot of why, a lot of questioning as to why I'm actually doing it. And, yeah followed by even more cursing and that's probably where it would end and yeah but no that's it's so cool and I just I was so curious about that and I always am so curious about that because I mean anyone anyone can look at you and look at what you've done and just be like wow like she ran a far distance Mm-hmm. But for me personally, I'm like, I want to know what's in, what was going through your mind? What was like, yeah. what, what was pushing you forward? And I think that is just, it's so cool. And again, I think it really does prove your personality and, and what you really stand for when you say that you are basically running for, for a purpose and for the people mm-hmm. around you, for that support system. And mm-hmm. I just, ah, yeah, it's, it's so cool just to hear how there's no walking involved. It's just uh, yeah, like hundred percent, just all in 
running, <laughs> making your legs move as fast <laughs> as we possibly can, which is just, yeah, it's so cool. And again, it just proves <laughs> how much strength you truly have, but I, yeah, I commend you for that. So, wow. So another thing as well is when um, Gary joined me at the 50 mile point, he kept saying, oh, you've just done another mile. And I was like, Oh, Gary, can you can you not tell me how far I'm going because um, it's having a negative effect? Like, I need to just run and then like look at my watch in like a couple of hours to see how far I've gone. Um, and he's like, "Yeah, that's fine." Uh, but then at the 65 mile point, or I think it was 63 miles, I was like, "Oh, oh, go on then, tell me how far I've run." And he said, "Ah, oh, 63." And I went. It was just like you know when your face just drops because I thought it was more. So I think like that kind of like didn't have a good effect on me, if you know what I mean, because mm -hmm. knowing how far I'd actually gone when I thought I'd run further kind of made me think, oh, for F sake, like, yeah. but <laughs> I was like the person that when I go for a run, I just, I don't like looking at the time. I just like the, mm -hmm. to run, keep running and, and just do what I need to do. I, I, and I think like when you start looking at times, the time goes slower <laughs> in any, anything like in any kind of task you do. Like if you look at oh, the time, yeah. it'll always go slower. <laughs> yeah. When you're out running, you do not look at the time. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm the exact same way, obviously not in the same, same distance, same everything, but I, anytime I'm out running, I hate, I hate looking at my watch because I don't, I don't want to know. I just, I'm yeah. like the same way. I'm like, I will base it off of how terrible this feels. And then I know <laughs> that I'm doing something positive. And then just, I know like roughly how far I am. But I think mm -hmm. once you really start to look, because like you said, every day almost, especially in running is kind of different. So some days will feel really good and some days you'll you'll feel like a rock star and other days will feel really really terrible uh -huh. and on those days you'll feel like you've just gone 10 miles and it's yeah. been like three and that, that's <laughs> when you're like you sit there and especially after you look at your watch and you're like oh my gosh how am i supposed to do this and then that's when <laughs> negative self-talk comes in and you almost, yeah. you almost lose you lose the race before it even starts, basically. And exactly, that's yeah. tough. But I think, like, on them days, it's important to listen to your body and kind of, you know, like, maybe not go so far or, mm. you know, just 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 listen to yourself and, and go back out. Because that mm. then days, you can actually you can damage yourself or hurt yourself if you do push sure. too far. But, like, mm. when you do an organised event, that's where the difficulty comes in. Because you, if you're not feeling it on the day, but you've got an organized event, whether that's, you know, like a, a race, that a, like an organized race, then mm -hmm. if you're not feeling too good on the day, like you're not going to perform your best. And I think that's a difficulty with, with any kind of sport you do, really. Like you have your good days and your bad days, don't you? Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, just listen, listen to your body. Absolutely. No, I love it. Um, so mm -hmm. just a couple of quick questions before we do wrap it up completely. Yeah. Um, what would be kind of your biggest tip of advice for somebody that is struggling with mental health or may encounter any form of struggle in their life? Um, so any form of struggle, um, I would say acknowledging your emotions and struggles, finding out your why and working through them. Um, but I'd also say like, get the right help and advice because 
you know, it's important to speak about it. It's important to reflect because once you know why things are happening, it's much easier to work through them. Um, so yeah, that that that's my my biggest advice is finding out why why are you feel in a certain way um, because you can it, you can be helped and you know it's even even for myself I, I wouldn't say I'm fully recovered from my bodybuilding phase but I know my why and I know my triggers and I know you know when I feel a negative emotion I, I acknowledge it and I work through it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, and also, what would be what or do you have kind of a quote or a saying or something that maybe has shaped your life, impacted your life, you live by, <laughs> anything like that? So I don't have a specific one, but um, I have kind of told myself. So on them days that, you know, maybe I'm not feeling too good or I'm not going to achieve because I'm quite a I'm a bit of a perfectionist so I I like setting myself high standard goals as you can probably tell um (laughs) but I I tell myself sometimes that small wins are better than no wins so if I do go out on a run and I don't do what I want to do um so say I decide to go on a 10 10 mile run tomorrow but actually I'm not really feeling it to do a five I'll kind of tell myself that small wins are better than no wins so doing something in the day that is positive or you know, positive, positively affects somebody else or whatever. Small wins for me is always better than no wins at all. So don't completely, you know, shut yourself off if you're having a bad day. Just do something small um, and, and just remember that, yeah, the small wins are still important as, as well as the big wins. So, mm-hmm. yeah, then that, that's, and that's spectacular. And I think that is almost even just a great way to kind of cap it all off. And I mean, I totally agree. That's something I put into my everyday life is, is really trying mm-hmm. to celebrate those small wins. And I think it's a great way to obviously keep us going and keep mm-hmm. us really engaged within our own lives and keep us, mm-hmm. keep us moving forward with nothing but, but energy and even skepticism of what the future holds. Because when, mm-hmm. you're, when you start accomplishing little things or even more so you start celebrating those little wins, mm-hmm. then you start to really you almost even start to compound those wins and you're like, okay, what else am I, what else am I capable of? What else can I accomplish? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, probably even goes into running. It's like you accomplish one small run. Maybe it wasn't all that big and that large, but it's like, oh, I did that. Okay. Well maybe I'll, I'll aim for that. And even the way that you started the running aspect of it, it's like adding two miles every week or every day or every run. And it's like, that is, that's powerful. And that's something that obviously as well, like somebody struggling with mental health. So when you, you could even refer it to small wins is perhaps making your bed in the morning or, Mm -hmm. you know, going for a little walk around your block or your your local area where you live, like Mm -hmm. that's still a win because that positively, positively affects your mind. Um, So it does not have to be a goal. It could just be your everyday task. Sometimes just remind yourself that, actually it still takes effort to to make your bed or you know go for a walk or, or go and see a, a friend or somebody in your family you know so mm-hmm. yeah always always look, look and think you know small wins uh are good but but yeah mm-hmm. that's, that's <laughs> awesome I seriously I cannot thank you enough for just making all this happen this this podcast <laughs> has been 
has been spectacular and just getting to meet you and getting to know you over the past, I guess, probably about a month now has been, <laughs> yeah. it's been incredible. And to think that I get to do this, to think that we get to have this conversation is amazing. And I mean, mm -hmm. like you, you've changed my life forever. And that sounds super cliche. I know, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's so true because I think like every single person that I speak with, and I think every single person that we all get to encounter and have a conversation mm -hmm. with in our life really does really does change our life in some form or another. Yeah. And this is one that 100% has, and you have such an amazing story and you do so much within the mental health community and you're going to continue doing so much. And again, I congratulate you on getting Thank into you. school and taking, even taking that next step in your mm -hmm. life. I think that's, that's just so cool. And there's, yeah. Yeah, like you're just you're doing such amazing things, which is, which is awesome. And I mean, like, I, again, I'm just I'm so honored and humbled um, to actually have filmed this podcast. I just, yeah, it's been and it's been fun for me because I get to do this at 5am and watch the sun sort of come up. And yeah, it's, it's been so cool. But yeah, I, no, I truly do. Thank you. Even on meeting you as well, because what you're doing is amazing. And you know, what you're putting out there to the world and normalizing it um, and encouraging other people to speak about it. That's amazing. And like, for me, when I do go back to, to university and I do learn more about mental health, like I'll have a lot more knowledge and be able to give a lot more advice when I specialize in it. Mm -hmm. Whereas now it's, it's like a massive interest of mine. And, you know, I can speak about what I've been through and what I've learned and what I've seen. But when once I get that background knowledge and I actually dive into it, quite hard because that's my personality I get into things and I'm 110 when I'm when I you know get going with something but but hopefully we can talk again and you know I'll be that. able to to talk a lot more about mental health um which will tie in nicely with what you're doing but I'll have the the educational side of it um which which I can speak about as well definitely yeah no I would absolutely love that and maybe just maybe We'll see where we're at, but just maybe we could end up doing it in person. Um, oh my God, can you imagine? That would be, it'd be so cool. And I know, yeah, I. why not? I mean, we'll, <laughs> we'll figure it out, but no, I, I think that would be really cool. And obviously yeah. it would just be, it'd be so amazing even just to see and compare this podcast yeah. to, to a future one with, with yourself yeah. and just seeing how much you have learned and even your take on it. And by that time, I mean, you've probably, what, if you're, if you've done 65 miles now and then you're aiming for a hundred, probably by that time, probably at 500 <laughs> or so. So, I mean, you're, you're, oh, you're going to be killing it. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be running with a textbook in hand, studying while you go. And... I know, but I'm going to have to come to you though, because I, I, I feel it's nice over there. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, you can't complain. That's for sure. You cannot complain. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, me as well. Okay. Well, thank you so much for, no for coming on and sharing your story. Once again, it's, it's been mm -hmm. amazing. It's been so fun. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to another episode of struggle creates strength. I hope you enjoyed Frankie's story and I highly, highly encourage you to reach out to her and have any form of conversation with her as she's an amazing person to talk to. 
And if you do want to reach out to me or potentially come on the podcast, you are always welcome to at Struggle Create Strength on both Instagram and Facebook. Or you can also reach me on my website at strugglecreatestrength.com. All the podcasts are posted on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and additional posts are posted on Instagram as well. And ultimately, the biggest thing that I want to say of all is thank you to those who are continuing to share the podcast, tag Struggle Create Strength on social media, and also just share it by word of mouth. It's amazing how many people's lives have changed just due to you guys sharing it, sharing it by word of mouth. You talking about struggle creates strength. You talking about the stories that are being had. And like I always say, I'm one person. I shared my story, but for the other 45 episodes, we've been fortunate enough to have some amazing and incredible, incredibly strong people come on the podcast and share the most vulnerable side of themselves. And for that, I thank all of those people. And again, a huge, huge thank you to those who are continuing to help make all of this possible, who are continuing to share Struggle Create Strength and the message that everyone has a story. Because it's true, and I think it's time that we start to acknowledge this. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Struggle Create Strength, and we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.